Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Welcome to the Tremendous Leadership Leaders on Leadership podcast, where we talk with leaders of all ages and stages about what it takes to pay the price of leadership. And I could not be any more excited today than to have my dear brother, my brother from another mother, but we share the same father, brother Lewis Lee. And you're going to see why I'm so excited I met Lewis. This is a true story. Lewis, probably five years ago. Yeah, probably. In Pennsylvania, behind bars. Yes, Lewis and I were both behind bars. All right. And Lewis is going to tell you a little bit about this, but just briefly, Lewis went to prison at age 15, where he served 45 years. And within the last two years, as a matter of fact, while COVID was going on, by the grace of God and hard work, and him paying his dues, he has been out as a free man back in society for the past two years. And he is going to tell you all about all the tremendous things going on in his life. And also, I want to talk with Lewis about what it takes to pay the price of leadership, because he has a unique perspective like none of our other guests have had. So, Lewis, brother, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Well, thank you, Tracy. I am honored and humbled, humbled to be on your podcast, a place where I never thought that I would be. We talked about me getting out, uh, hopes of me getting out and us meeting out here. I never thought that we never talked about this. So I'm just humbled to be here and to be able to share my story and to share how God has moved tremendously in my life. As Tracy said, I was in prison for 45 years. I went to prison at the age of 45 for being involved in a crime where somebody's life was taken and I would receive a life sentence without the possibility of parole. In the state of Pennsylvania, that meant that I would be in prison for the rest of my life. However, by the grace of God, in 2012, the United States Supreme Court came out with a major ruling that said it is unconstitutional for all juveniles to be sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. As a result of that decision, I was afforded the opportunity to go back to court and be resentenced. Not only myself, but juveniles throughout the whole United States was then given the opportunity to go back to their own individual courts and receive another sentence. In 2018, I went back to court and received a sentence of 30 years to life, which made me immediately eligible for parole. 
I was paroled out of SCI Monohoy on February the 5th of 2020. And I've been out two years and about three months. And it has just been a tremendous transition. It's been a wonderful experience. And I am just so thankful for what God has done and what God is doing in my life. And to be sitting here on a podcast, just sharing and having an opportunity to share with this podcast world what God has done and is doing is just a tremendous blessing for which I am eternally grateful to Tracy and to God Almighty for giving me this opportunity. Amen, Lewis. And just, you had said you went in at 45. You actually went in at 15. I went in at 15. Years in. Yeah, just to clarify, you know, yeah, but 45 years. And I'm going to tell you how Lewis and I met and shout out to Marcia Sinkovitz, who started the whole program, but she does leadership training, life leading inmates in faith and education. She has a tremendous program, which is biblical-based leadership. And she goes into all the SCI uh, prisons in Pennsylvania, and they do weekly with volunteers these discussions where they do this leadership curriculum. And Marsha comes to me and she's like, hey, we're doing this graduation. And she would come by the bookstore and say, do you have any books you want to donate? Well, of course, we love donating books. And my father was involved in prison ministry. And one time she said to me, do you want to come? We're having a graduation. I'm like, seriously, you mean I can do this? And so long story short, we went and they started talking about what did I do? And I'm like, I'm into books. I publish. And then they're like, well, let's do a book club. So we started the tremendous book club where then we met monthly at any SCI that would let us. And we digested tremendous books from Viktor Frankl to books of the Bible to Charlie Tremendous Jones to books on communication, you name it. And as iron sharpens iron, people you meet in the books you read, it was just a tremendous time of fellowship. And that's how Lewis and I met in a book club. So books transform your lives in so many different ways. So thank you, Lewis. And just so excited. And for you to come out and then what, two weeks later, I mean, you came out right as the murmurings of COVID was happening. So you came out into a world, not only after 45 years, but a world many of us didn't even recognize. So that was kind of double the unblessing. (laughs) I mean, it was a blessing and then it was dealing with that. Yeah, it was a tremendous transition. And it was truly, it was one that I wasn't prepared for in that sense. However, I was prepared for it because God had placed people into my life that helped in the transition, even though we didn't know that we were going to run into a pandemic. Mm -hmm. But God had placed people in my life because God knows the end from the beginning. So he knew that the pandemic was going to come. But like I said, he placed people. And the people that he placed in my life were brothers and sisters in Christ. He placed them in my life. So my transition, people would think that how difficult it was so difficult. But, you know, for lack of a it's been easy because of the people that God has placed in my life that have been there to help me, to support me. And it's just been tremendous. It's been it. tremendous. But as Tracy said, the opportunity to meet her on the inside through the book club, that was just a tremendous experience that men look forward to each month to be able to go to the chapel and go into a classroom in the education building and just read and talk about uh, the books that we read, to share, to hear each other's perspective. That just added a whole nother level of serving time that was, wasn't there. And I thank Tracy for that. I thank Marsha also for the life 
curriculum that she brought into the prisons, which was a springboard off of uh, another ministry that was started by Jim Law, but was taken over years later by Marcia, taken to a whole nother level. And I participated in that as a student first. And then after going through this four or five books, I became a facilitator. That was just a tremendous experience because not only did it help me to grow, but it just allowed me the opportunity to fellowship with my brothers in Christ in a setting that sometimes isn't allowed to happen. That was just a tremendous blessing. Well, and hats off to Lewis because, and I will tell the people listening, there are thousands of people in these institutions and sometimes only 10 to 20 would show up. Lewis was faithful. Well, my dad would say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But Mm. Lewis was so diligent. He was open to absorb. And so for leaders out there, no matter what you do for your people, if they're not willing to be developed and have that sense of teachability and humility and that collective, that desire to be together. And Lewis would mentor the younger people coming into the book club. He became a leader within the leaders. And so my hat's off to you, Lewis, for just being the mainstay of that you provided such guidance. And I'll tell you what, Lewis, there were days when I was about to hang it out in the outside world. And I knew I was coming to see you guys. And I'm like, thank God, it was just such a blessing to come and hear your insights. And you saw me at a period of my time where there was a lot of different things going on in my life and the blessing you were to me. So I can't thank, I talk and spark about it, a lot of what you guys taught and shared with me as my brother. So thank you so much, Lewis. Well, thank you, Trace. You're welcome. Amen. Amen. Yes, well, you're yes. ready to talk to Price of Leadership? I think you uh, made it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> to the best of my ability, I am. Well, I'll tell you what, you have seen it like nobody other. So my dad did write a speech called The Price of Leadership. And Lewis, you would have loved my father. He would have loved you. You guys, he came from a really difficult upbringing and just very pragmatic, a fighter, but also very tenderhearted. He had a thick skin and a soft heart rather than a hard heart and a thin skin, just Mm -hmm. like you. And one of the things that he said is that in order to pay the price of leadership, there's certain things that you're going to have to be prepared for that are not the corner office, the Learjet and the billion dollar salary. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. that is the first one he talked about was the price of loneliness. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times as leaders, we may be out there, the only one that sees it, sometimes even some of our family or whatever. We may feel like we're alone. So can you unpack what that means for you? And and his point was, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Jesus went off on his own. Okay. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. need loneliness, being alone and is not always a bad thing, but can you unpack for us how you as an emerging leader, both behind bars and now, how do you deal with loneliness? Wow. When you sent those questions, you know, I had to look at it. I had to think about it. And I still don't know how to answer it, but I'll answer it as best I can. And I guess the way that I would probably look at answer that would be in terms of being a leader. Sometimes you don't have anybody who pours into you because you're always giving out. So when I look at it from from perspective of loneliness, That's what I would think of. And that's what I think of how being a good leader, you're always pouring into other people. People are always drawing out of you. And at times there's nobody that is pouring into you. And so that's when it becomes lonely. And that's when you need to know that the Lord is with you 
and he's pouring into you when we might not even know it. Because a lot of times, well, I mean, you know, we don't see the Lord. So a lot of times we need to see some flesh. And a lot of times in leadership, you just don't see that. But that's when you have to go into your quiet place and be like, okay, Lord, I know that you're here with me. I don't see nobody else. I'm giving out. I'm giving out. I'm pouring out. Who is there for me? And then I believe and that's when the Lord is like, I'm here. I got you. Don't worry about it. And then all of a sudden, somebody shows up who begins to then pour into your life. So that place of loneliness, I think, happens when you're always the one as a leader. It seems like giving out. People got problems. Everybody comes to you. You're just ministering to everybody's problems. And you like, well, I got a few problems of my own, too. Who can I talk to about this? So that's that position right there, I think, is what happens in leadership sometimes. Well, Lewis, that is a perfect answer. You think about Moses and David. I mean, any leader, heavy is the head that wears the crown. I think it's wonderful that even with what you've been through, wherever you are in whatever stage of life, you're still, uh, to be a leader means you are not only leaning yourself, but most often you're pouring out into others. And I love that. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have the biggest advocate of all in the Holy Spirit that is always mm-hmm. there to walk alongside us. So beautiful answer. And for us as leaders, it's important to watch out and make sure you've got to have people pouring into you. And Lewis right. revealed some of the things where he had, he would go to the weekly Bible study, and then he took on more and had advocates. And like he said, because when he came on the outside, then he wasn't all alone. He had a network of people. So it's really important for leaders to always set up the core to three strands is not easily broken, says right. Ecclesiastic. So start weaving that strong. So Yeah, and I had that. One of my spiritual fathers in the Lord, Brother Jim Newsom, amen, the Lord brought into my life over 30 years ago, has been that person who's been there for me, yes. who has poured into my life while I was busy uh, pouring into other people's lives. And that relationship right there is just phenomenal in terms of how it has developed and how it has been proven over the course of time, because I've known Brother Jim Newsom for well over 30 years, and he's been one of my spiritual fathers in the Lord. Beautiful. And that's how we combat weariness, because a lone sheep is a dead sheep. None of us mm-hmm. is meant to do it alone. So right. that mm-hmm. body of believers. Okay. So loneliness. The next thing he talked about, Lewis, was weariness. And mm-hmm. my father said, leadership is not for sissies. And there's good weariness and there's bad weariness. And there's times where you feel like, Lord, am I going to get out of this wilderness or not? And I'm sure you especially felt that 45 years behind bars. How do you cope? How did you cope? And it's a different kind of weariness now that you're on the outside, but it's a mm-hmm. part of life. What would you say for leaders out there, how to handle and combat the bad types of weariness? Mm-hmm. Well, for me, And like you said, my weariness was at a different place because I was incarcerated. And of course, every person who's incarcerated looks and believes for a day of freedom. And at one point throughout my incarceration, I had to sit down and I had to have a talk with the Lord when there was no more doors open for me to be released. Because as I said, in Pennsylvania, serving a life without the possibility of parole sentence, there's only three ways out. Either you get back in the courts, receive a new sentence at some point, or you go through a process called commutation where the governor would then commute your sentence or death. Those are the only ways out in Pennsylvania. And of course, I had 
was done in the courts. There were no more possibilities in the courts. I had went through commutation twice and was denied. And so I had to have a talk with the Lord. And when I talked to the Lord about it, I was like, well, Lord, the Bible says, the word says that you're in control. Well, if you're in control of my life, and if I am to do and spend the rest of my life in prison, then that's your will. And you're in control of that. And because of that, you will give me the peace, okay, to endure this because it's your will, okay? It's not the devil's will. The devil might have meant it for evil when I came to prison, but you're in control. So when I had that talk with the Lord, then I was at a place of peace. Okay, now there were some days where I didn't feel the peace of God because I'm looking at the fact that, well, man, I might not never go home. But when that happens, you still got to go back to the word of God because the word of God doesn't change. So if he said that and I felt peace yesterday, well, then I got to put on my bootstraps so that I will feel peace today because it doesn't change. So that's how I was able to deal with that, having that honest talk with the Lord and knowing that if I was going to be in prison for the rest of my life, then it was the will of God. And he was going to give me the peace, the strength, and the ability to wake up every day and to serve him with joy and gladness in my heart. Oh, my gosh, Lewis. I don't know what to say. That brought tears to my eyes. That made my heart jump. And even for leaders outside, you got to know God is here to carry that load. When we're at our lowest, he's there. And I love that you said it, Lewis. He's already seen this to the end. That let go, let God, that's not just a thing for the coffee mug. He is the creator of the universe. He already knows, and he wants the best for us, his sons and daughters. So brother, thank you for unpacking weariness in a yes, way like yes. I have never heard before. <laughs> I love it, brother. And, okay. And in terms of that, getting weary, just doing the work over and over, the yes. same work sometimes, yes. when you become weary. But what does the Bible say? Don't become weary in yes. well-doing, because in the end, you're going to reap. You're going to reap. And sometimes it seems like there is no reward, but there is a reward. There is a reward. It's not always a reward today, but there is a reward. And sometimes that's when we become focused on this level rather than focused on a heavenly level and knowing that what we're doing here, if we do it, it's going to be good. Don't become weary and well-doing because you will reap. You will reap. And wherever we do it, whether behind bars or out of bars, it is all to glorify him. And in the end, it's just a blip because what we're doing here, we're going to be doing throughout an eternity. So what a beautiful way to look at it. Thank you, Lewis. Mm -hmm. Okay. Loneliness, weariness. The next thing my father talked about is abandonment. And abandonment typically has a negative connotation. You abandon a job or an animal. But he talked about abandonment is really a focus. And it means that I have to think about what I ought to need to focus on instead of what I like and want to focus on. So he would always say that he did more in a day to contribute to his failure than his success. So Mm. you're in the routine, you're behind bars, you think, oh, I've got all the time in the world to do this. And you guys taught me, don't kill time, fill time. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So Mm -hmm. how did you stay focused on what was the priority? Because like I said, there were thousands of people in there that would be like, well, I don't have time for this, or I don't want to do this. How did you stay abandoned and on the path to continually growing in your leadership, in your faith, in your connecting with people for your hope that you'd eventually get out? How did you do that? Well, I mean, It's not hard in a sense because it's just basically the choice that you make each and every day because we know right 
we know wrong. And the, is the old adage is the one you feed the most is going to be the one that's going to rule and reign in your life. Yep. So if you choose to feed your flesh, then your flesh is the one be the one that's going to rule and reign in your life. You choose to feed your spirit, then that's going to be the one that's going to rule and reign in your life. And as the spirit man is being fed, then you're being led in the way that you should go. And everything then is okay. So that's the choice. And it's a choice that you have to make each and every day. It's not the choice because every day you have to make that choice. And so for me, it was just keeping life simple. The routine in prison lended itself to doing that which was right. And so you stay on that path, you do those things, and it just works out. It just works out. If you fall, okay, you get back up and you get back in the fight because none of us are perfect. We're going to blow it, okay? You get back up. You don't stay down. You get back up, you get back in the fight, and you stay pressing towards the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus, being a light to those who are in darkness, just living that life. And that's the choice that we have to make inside and outside. I have to make that choice when I wake up each and every day. I know what's before me. I know the things that are before me. I know my job responsibilities, okay? I need to take care of them. I know my recreational responsibilities. You should have some recreation in your life so that you have a healthy life. You have a balanced life. And you know where danger is. You know what is right. Mm-hmm. You know what is wrong. Mm-hmm. You stay away from it. Well, I love that. And you brought up a very contentious word, choices, which implies ownership. And I love that you bring that up. I mean, you know, spirit man, flesh man. I'm reading Genesis and it's the spirit of the serpent or seed of the serpent, seed of the woman, the Mm -hmm. good and evil. It's as old as, and we know we're made in God's image and we know. And so I love that you talked about and habits. You talk about the routine and we think, oh, how mundane habits are what determine excellence. And Mm -hmm. I love that you talked about that, that you just stayed on the path, that it set you up for success because you're like, oh, it's got to be pure chaos. And you guys showed me that if you do the right things, there's other people and you find, just like on the outside, you find the right people that want to do the right things and play by the rules. And that's who you hang with and who you associate with. Right. So I love that you just stayed on point and focused on that. Well, that's why you're here today, where you are. Is what you focus on is where you're going. That's it. And I just focused on being a servant I just focused on Bible study. I just focused on fellowship and I left the rest up to God and God was working when I didn't even know that God was working. And there's a scripture that says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Mm -hmm. Okay. That decision that allowed so many juveniles throughout the whole United States to go back to court. Okay. Was a decision that fell on the just and the unjust because not every juvenile was a Christian. Okay, so when that door opened, it didn't open just for Christians, but it just me, it opened up for some bad people. Okay, mm-hmm. but God deals with that. Yes, God wants that. So I'm just thankful that He saw fit to work within that spectrum to allow so many of His children who didn't have an opportunity to ever get out to be released and to be put back out here in the world so that we can make an impact for the kingdom. And there are godly men who now are making an impact and would have never had that opportunity 
had that decision not come about in 2012. Boy, is that the truth. All right. We're going to talk about that at the end of this. So, Lewis, the last thing my father talked about was vision. And a lot of people think, well, vision, you got to have a high IQ or you got to be like Bill Gates. I don't know, somebody that's big, Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg. But my dad always said vision is just seeing what needs to be done and doing it. So can you share with me how you, obviously you crafted your vision towards seeing the future, towards what you needed to do to gain your freedom, but how do you sharpen your vision now that you're out and you're in ministry? How do you focus that vision in? Mm, wow. That's a good question because when you talk about vision, okay, I wasn't one of those people who had a vision board and, you know, this and type. My vision is just doing that which I know God has called me to do. I look at it like this, staying in my lane and staying true to what I know that God has equipped and called me to do. A lot of people, when they first get saved, everybody wants to be a preacher. That was never my desire. That was never my lane. A lot of people, uh, guys, uh, wanted to be musicians. It's never my calling, never my lane. I never tried to go do those things. So for me, in terms of vision, it's just staying true to that which God has called me to do and let the next man do what he's called to do. I'm not looking at that which is big and that which is small because God, in the end, will determine that. Because I believe that some of the greatest people who are going to be in the kingdom of God are going to be people who did work behind the scenes that we didn't even see out in the front. But that was their vision. That was their purpose. That was their calling. And so they remain faithful to that. And so that's the life that I'm living. I'm not trying to do something that is greater than me. I'm just trying to be faithful over that which God has called me to so I can stay focused. I love it. That's beautiful. Stay in your anointing and your gifting. Right. And right. again, it's not about the outcome. It's about falling deeper in love with Christ every day and being the light so that somebody else can see what they're looking for and you're living that. So now, Lewis, anything else on leadership that we haven't really hit on regarding loneliness, weariness, abandonment, and vision, anything circling back to leadership before we talk about your ministry and what's going on with that? No, not really. I mean, I just look at it. I mean, from the perspective, if somebody was to ask me, am I a leader? That's for other people to judge. I'm just trying to live one day at a time. That's a great answer. I love it. (laughs) I never aspired to be a leader. If you say that I'm a leader, then go where I'm going. But otherwise, I'm just trying to live today to be faithful so that at the end of the day, God can say, well done, my good and faithful servant. If you say that I'm a leader, then to God be the glory. Hmm. I don't know that I'm a leader. All I know is that I'm just trying to do what I believe God has called me to do. And that's it. That you are, my dear friend. So let's talk about, you are affiliated now with an organization, a ministry called Yoke Fellowship. Tell us about that and what you've got coming out with them. Yoke Fellowship is a group of men and women who go into the prisons, and I think they're all over the country. Matter of fact, I know they're all over the country because one of the brothers who recently was on a Zoom meeting was out in California. So Yoke Fellowship is a nationally known prison ministry that goes into the prison. So while I was in prison, I had an opportunity to be in that Bible study. And as a result of that, I developed some very good friendships. Uh, It was a very excellent Bible study group. 
Well, when I came out just recently, Yoke Fellowship decided that they wanted to put together a book profiling men and women who have been in their Bible study and are now out and are living successful lives. So I was asked to share my experience of being a part of the Yoke Fellowship Bible study participants and in this book, which will be coming out in July. And so that was just a tremendous opportunity and door that God has opened for me to share what Yoke Fellowship Bible study has meant to me and how it has helped me in my transition. I love it. And for the listeners, we will have the Yoke Fellowship website and the release, the link to the book that Lewis is in when that comes out. So you can be sure and get that and share that. Now, Lewis, this isn't the first time you've been in a book. Can you tell us about the first time? Oh, wow. Yeah. Once again, sometimes it's just amazing when we look back over our lives and we can see that God is just moving and God is just doing. Well, over probably maybe about 30 years ago, there was an author, an African-American sister named Linda Watkins, and she decided she wanted to write a book that would profile God showing up in people's lives. That's the name of the book. God just showed up. Well, she went to her pastor. She asked her pastor, could he recommend an inmate to be in the book? Well, her pastor got in contact with my spiritual father, who is Jim Newsom, and Jim Newsom said, well, I have the perfect person who could be, should be in your book. And so he recommended me. Well, Ms. Watkins came out to Monahoy Prison, interviewed me, and put my story in her book. And I am the only inmate in the book, and the rest are about 12 free world people who share their experience about how God showed up in their lives. And we know that when God shows up in a life, a life is turned around. So it's about our turnaround and our experience. And so that was just an amazing, tremendous blessing and opportunity for my story to be shared. And so it's out there. It's available on Amazon, still available on Amazon. If you would like to get it, the name of the book is God Just Showed Up. I love it. And we'll put the links to that too for our listeners. Lewis, what is the best way other than that you can respond to this podcast and let me know? I know how to get a hold of Lewis, but is there a best way for people to get a hold of you in the event they'd like to have you come speak to their groups, their camps, their ministries, their churches? What's the best way for them to reach out to you? I have an email address. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I will put that in the notes too so that they mm-hmm. can do that. But just go ahead and tell us your email real quick, Lewis. My email address is Lee. L-E-E, the number four, the word Jesus, 23 at gmail.com. I love it. Leave for Jesus, 23 at gmail.com. Brother Lewis, I don't think God could have, with all my anticipation, that I didn't even know if this would happen. Of course, we hope it would, because I know you guys. But to think that we'd have the depth of this conversation, truly the Holy Spirit was all over this in a way that I just marvel. I marveled at your wisdom when I knew you before, but just to see the unfolding and the love of Christ in you is just such a blessing again to spend time with you. Well, it's been a blessing to me, Tracy. And my encouragement to the listening uh, pod world community is Just be open to what God is doing because God is doing something in each one of our lives and you don't even know what tomorrow holds. I couldn't have seen this when on the inside. My dream was when I got out was number one to just connect with everybody who had been a part of my life on the inside. 
I've had the opportunity to do that with Marsha and Ed. We've been out to dinner twice. Looking forward to do that with Tracy. Had the opportunity to do that with just about every volunteer who had came in and administered to me on the inside. I wanted to connect with them since I've been out to let them see the fruit of their labors. Yes. Because a lot of time people come in and minister through Bible study groups and they don't see the fruit. Uh, through years of laboring. And so um, it was always my desire that when I got out to be able to connect with everybody who had came in through a Bible study, who had came in to preach at a Sunday service, to let them know that I thank them, number one, for their service to me on the inside, and then to just show them what God is doing in my life now that I'm out. And with that, since I've been out, I've started two ministries, when I first came out, it was always my desire to connect the church on the inside with the church on the outside, because I just felt that there's always been a disconnect there. So that's the ministry that I'm working on. But the fellowship, the fellowship that men on the inside had had when I came out and ran into the pandemic, there was no fellowship. And I was like, Lord, wow, what is going on? Mm -hmm. So I reached out to a friend. A uh, fellow uh, chaplain, a uh, mentor of mine, uh, Chaplain Otha Bell out in Texas, and talked to him. And he told me about Zoom. And so we set up a Zoom system. And now every Saturday morning, the Men of Purpose International meet on Zoom at nine o'clock. So, brothers who had developed that fellowship on the inside, we now continue that fellowship. And that ministry is growing by leaps and bounds. We're about ready to launch our own webpage next month. And that was just something that the Lord had laid on my heart. And then he brought other people into my life to help take it to the next level. And so that's just been a tremendous blessing. And then there's also another ministry that I'm co-founder of, and that's called Lifers Ministry, which stands for Lifers Initiative for Early Release. And me and my co-founder, Brother Gerald Everett, are in the process of building that ministry where we will then go back in and help men and women who are still incarcerated with very little help, hope of release, help them through the legal system and try to get them out. So those are two ministries that God has laid on my heart and that I'm working with. And it's just been a blessing. Well, Lewis, I'll have those on the web notes too. So our listeners, I'm sure that are going to want to advocate for you or be a resource for you or connect with you that they can get that information too. And I got to tell you, for all of you that have gotten out, I am delighted everybody's starting a ministry. So it's like everybody's just so intent to get out and serve. And what yes. an incredible blessing. Lewis, I can't thank you enough for the time that we spent today together. Well, I thank you. I really do because it's just truly been a blessing. Anytime that I can have a platform to share what God is doing and has done in my life, then I'm all for it because to him be the glory Amen. And for the things that he has done and is doing in my life. Isn't that incredible? And just so excited about where it's going to go. Also for the listeners, I'm going to have Marcia and Ed's website too. If you have not thought about prison ministry, I can't tell you how it has changed my life. I know Lewis is talking about how it changed his life. So anybody, if you thought, could I? Yes, you can. And find out how we can connect you. There's nationwide ministries. There's local at the state level all across the country. And if you've thought about, hey, how do I go in and make the world a better place? Please consider volunteering and getting involved with prison ministry because once you do it, you're just going to be like, 
what have I been missing? It's just so unique and such a blessing. Mm -hmm. And we get to have connections like this. So to our tremendous leadership fans, if you like what you heard, be sure and hit that subscribe button, share this with your friends, family, your clients, your colleagues, and drop us a note. We'd be honored if you'd give us a five-star review on wherever you watch the podcast, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it, we're out there. And be sure and share with this all about how people can learn how to pay the price of leadership, connect with Lewis, connect with Marsha, get involved, read tremendous books. And remember to keep on paying the price of leadership. Again, everybody, thank you so much, Brother Lewis. Until we meet again, goodbye. God bless you all. God bless you, Tracy. And once again, thank you for the opportunity. And we will be getting together soon in person. I can't wait. Can't wait. Bye, Bye everybody. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.